welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, and well, let's start the show. Grace and Peace Radio. I am your host, Anthony, and it is once again just a joy to be with you. So thanks so much for joining me this week. You know, I was thinking over the last week about the about last week's episode, actually. And you can go back and listen to it if you haven't uh, at graceandpeaceradio.com forward slash 29, graceandpeaceradio.com forward slash 29. Really, I was just thinking throughout the week of the pain of sin, you know, just thinking about what it was like to live before I was born again and and the pain of sin. Um you know, it seems like it's so much fun, and in a lot of ways, it is. You know, there's no question that sin has a pleasure to it. Sin has a uh, an enticement to it. That's why we're so uh, fixated on pursuing it before we know the Lord. And but at the same time, you know, as a Christian, you look back on it. Oh, it's just it's just miserable. And so today, I want to talk about sin a bit. You know, over the week, I read. A, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And Martin Lloyd-Jones was, of course, a famous preacher in Britain who was not shy about, you know, calling out people's sin, not, you know, specifically, but I mean, uh, or individually, but calling out the sin that needs to be repented of and turned to Christ. And, and But he was also uh, great for sharing, of course, the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy that is available in Christ. And so, because nowadays, you know, we don't we think, oh man, you know, we shouldn't tell people that they're sinners. We shouldn't tell people that they need a savior. Yeah, we actually have to. I mean, how do you know that you need medicine unless the doctor tells you you're sick, right? And like the old illustration, how do you know that you need to be treated for cancer unless the doctor loves you enough to tell you you, you've got cancer? So thinking about last week's episode and just, you know, how how hard life is as a sinner in the sense that the enslavement really. And then today I read Romans six, which is of course where Paul talks about what it is to be a slave to sin versus then a slave to righteousness. Once we are born again and out of this love and this gratitude, we become slaves to, to Christ. So first of all, when we talk about sin, what are we talking about? Well, the first book I grabbed off the shelf was uh, I just went to Wayne Grudem's Christian Beliefs, which is a really pared-down version of his systematic theology book. And he says, Sin is any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. So sin is any failure to conform to the moral law of God in any act, attitude, or nature. You say, well, what's the moral law of God? Well, obviously God is lawgiver, in the universe, and God has given us moral laws. And summarily, we think of the Ten Commandments, but really, it's it's the whole tone and tenor of Scripture: how to live a holy and a godly life, and to avoid sin. With that, as we think about sin today, really, I, I just want us to take a take some time and and think about what it is to be a sinner. So I'm just going to read through Romans 6 and just kind of make some comments and, and read some things there, uh, highlight some things. Nothing, I'm not doing like a full exposition or anything like that. Kind of my own thoughts that I just wanted to share. So in Romans 6, 
Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So, and again, Paul's kind of leading up to this. This is obviously the sixth chapter of Romans. So he's already had this whole discussion about man's unrighteousness, man's sinful condition, and how, you know, the grace has come through Christ and, and so on. And what we have in Christ as forgiven. And then he, he deals with this aspect of sin. You know, should we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And again, he's writing to Christians. You know, if we're not Christian, if you're not born again, you haven't died to sin. You haven't died to this desire, this really unstoppable desire to want to dodge and not fulfill the moral laws of God, to transgress them. If we died to sin, how can we live in it any longer? You know, and that's a great question for Christians. If we've died to sin, if we say we're a Christian, how can we love sin? How can we keep living in it? You know, it, it should make us say, no, no, we don't want that at all. I mean, once we see what the Lord Jesus went through for us, how could we possibly want to continue brazenly down that path of disobedience? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so there again, it's the mindset of a Christian to say, you know, I'm, I've died with Christ. I've died to the things of the world. I, you know, and now I'm, I'm in Christ and I, I now live with Christ. And so our attitude as Christians should be that we are dead to sin. He says, if we have been united with him, like this, in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. And so we see this whole aspect of being a slave to sin. Before we were Christians, that's what we were. We were slaves to sin. You know, you look at everybody out in the world today who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, who isn't born again, and they're in slavery. They're in bondage. They are slaves to sin. They cannot help it. And I don't say that as judging anyone because I was in the same boat. I was just as much enslaved. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So thank the Lord that as Christians, we have new life now. We aren't enslaved to sin. And then Paul continues. So in the same way that we just saw that Jesus died and it's, you know, he can't die again. He is, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. And really, that's what we used to do. You know, that's exactly what we used to do as non-Christians, as 
as unregenerate people, as sinners. You know, it's what, look at the world. It's what everybody does. In some way, shape, or form, they're offering their bodies to sin. So Paul continues, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death, uh, those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master. Man, amen, right? Anyone who knows the freedom that is found, you know, once you're no longer a slave to sin and you're free through Christ, anybody who knows that, it's like, man, what joy, what peace, what forgiveness, what, uh, what new life. And then, for sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means, right? I mean, just because now we're free uh, and we're under grace, does that mean now we can sin and we can just do whatever we want as Christians? And Paul's saying, of course not. That's, that's ridiculous. And do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one to whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to you have become set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And here again, you know, Christian, if you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with thinking, well, I'm still a sinner and God, God is... If you're in Christ, you're not. You have been set free. You are no longer a slave to sin. Do you still sin? Yeah, you bet. You know, you've heard me say before, it's like we are cars that are permanently out of alignment and they cannot help but steer towards sin. And so we constantly have to turn the wheel against it and go the other way and spend our lives working against the steering, working against that misalignment so that we live lives of righteousness. But we don't do it by ourselves. We've got the Holy Spirit and he's helping us. But the point is that you used to be slaves to sin. You've been set free from sin. And then Paul continues, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Boy, isn't that the truth? In my natural self, I have no willpower. You know, we talk about, you know, people say, oh, you know, there's willpower. No, as, as unbelievers, we have no willpower. You know, before Christ, we have no willpower. And even after Christ, you know, we only have power because of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, which is what he was talking about earlier in verse uh, 13, about offering our bodies as uh, the, the parts of our body to, un, to, to wickedness. You know, we used to offer the parts of our bodies to slavery and impurity and ever-increasing wickedness. And that's not just sexually. Uh, that's, that's everything. That's our, that's our tongues. That's how we would speak about people. That's our hearts, how we would think about people, how we, our eyes, how we would view people and our minds, how we saw the world, how we determined what was right and what was wrong, what, how we chose to live our lives and the moral compass that we had or didn't have. So just as you used to offer the parts of your body to, in slavery to impurity 
and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness. Isn't that a difference? Slavery to righteousness. Thank the Lord. You know, when Jesus saves us, we're like, Lord, thank you so much. And we bow down before him. And just as someone who has saved our lives and we're indebted to them for the rest of our lives, that's how we are as Christians. You know, if you're not born again, when you become a Christian, what you're saying is not that I'm going to continue to live my own life, but now I'm going to have a a little bit of Jesus here on the side to help me out when I'm in trouble. No, it's we're bowing down to him and saying, you are Lord. You are master. You are master. I am the slave. That's as blunt. That's straight up Bible right there. That Jesus becomes your master and you become the slave. And you say, well, I don't like that language. Well, that's that's Bible language. Now, the difference is we think of slavery and we know that men are cruel and wicked and we know the, the cruelties of slavery. You know, we've seen it in history and we've seen it even today, currently, around the world where there are, there's still slavery and uh, human trafficking and those sorts of things. We know the, the cruelty of that. But of course, being a slave to Jesus Christ is totally different because he's, he's Jesus. He's Lord. He's good and he's kind and he's merciful. He's a good God. We can trust him. There is no greater freedom than to be a slave of Jesus. So continuing in verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, and there again, right, hearkening back to our old life in, before Christ, slaves to sin. You know, I was thinking of Proverbs 3.15, and it talks about how the way of the transgressor is hard, or the way of the sinner is hard. And boy, it is. You know, I think back on my life when I was a sinner, and again, like I said at the very beginning, was it fun? Oh, sure, of course it was. But then again, you also had to deal with the consequences of your sin. You also had to deal with the heartbreaks and the anger or the, um, you know, the people that you hurt or whatever the case was. And so in that sense, it was miserable, man. It came back to, to bite you, you know, like, uh, again, it's like having, I think, uh, somebody was saying it's like having a, a serpent for a pet, you know, uh, it, it's, it's going to bite you. It's going to kill you. And, uh, you know, you think, oh, what, what a, what a gentle pet or whatever. no. No, it's, it's going to kill you. And that's exactly what sin did. The agony of life uh, in, in sin. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. You didn't want anything to do with it. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed? And I would ask you, if you're not a Christian, what benefit are you reaping from your sin? And you might say, well, uh, you know, I, the, the job I do, I know God probably wouldn't approve of it, but I'm making a lot of money and I've got a really good car and, you know, nice clothes and I can do whatever I want. Okay, well, if you were to die today, how's that going to work for you? What good is that? What can you possibly do with that? And what happens when you don't have that job anymore? What happens when you can't do those things anymore? Uh, you know, you're enjoying the, the, 
you're enjoying sin for a season. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed? Those things result in death. And boy, isn't that true? And then I was also reading in Psalm 16:4. It says, the sorrow, the psalmist is talking about the sorrows of, of those will increase who run after other God. They'll increase. You may not start with a lot of sorrow right now, but the more you pursue sin, the more you run after other gods, the more you serve yourself instead of the Lord, your sorrows, I guarantee you, because the Bible says it, and because I've experienced it too, and so has every other Christian, they, they know, but the, your sorrows will increase. Paul says those things resulted in death. And again, like Proverbs says, the, the way of the transgressor is hard. Now that you've been set free, verse 22, you've been set free from sin if you're a Christian. You have become slaves to God. To the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. I mean, you go from, and then he says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that really is the, the capstone of the whole, the whole chapter. You know, he's really summing it up there, that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you this. In your life right now, where are you getting your paycheck from? Are you getting your paycheck from your, your sins? From the devil? From pursuing your own desires? Or are you getting your wages from the Lord? Are you, are you getting eternal life? Think about your sin. If you're not a Christian today, think about you know what good has all this been for and and you might say, hey, it's been great. You know, I, I have no regrets whatsoever. That's a legitimate statement. But you have no regrets right now. You have no regrets right now because you're still alive. But there is coming a day that you will die and you will stand before God and you will be judged. And at that judgment, you will be found hopeless and wanting. And you will have no covering for your sin. You will be found guilty by a million times a million counts of sin, of violating God's moral laws. And you will face eternity in hell as your punishment. That is the ultimate wages of your sin right there. An eternity in the torments and the darkness and the flames of the full wrath of God for violating his laws. So, what hope do you have? Well, right now, none. But if you look to Christ... And if you repent, you turn from your sins and you, and you realize that Jesus Christ came to earth fully God and then came to earth fully man as both lived a perfect sinless life and then went to the cross taking God's full punishment for sin even though he was perfect and never sinned. And he shed his own blood and he died, just as Paul said here, he died for, for sins that weren't even his, and he was raised to new life. And now you and I can be raised to new life in Christ. If we look to him in faith and believing, you can have all your sins forgiven and you can have your heart changed. And instead of pursuing sin, you can pursue righteousness. And instead of desiring sin, you can have a desire for righteousness. That, And then at the end of your life, instead of facing judgment, you can look forward to it with hope. Because you'll know that God is saving you. 
and that you'll spend eternity with the Lord. So that is the good news of the Christian gospel, that, yeah, right now, you know, those who aren't in Christ are slaves to sin. That's that's terrible news. And the judgment and that's to come is terrible news. The destruction that's heading your way or that you are heading to is terrible news. But the salvation available in Christ is the good news. And then if you're a Christian today, you can look to Christ, not to your sins, not to your regrets, but you can look to Christ and go, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for atoning for my sins like an, like I never, ever could. And then you can serve him in righteousness and obey him through the power of the Spirit and enjoy the Lord. The one who was your enemy, the one who was your judge, is now your friend and your Lord. So those are just some gospel thoughts today I wanted to share. Just kind of, a, like I said, a continuation of last week, thinking about sin. And then as we think of sin, may it turn us to Christ. And then we could be thankful for all that we have available through him. Well, thanks again for joining me today. It's been such a joy to share these thoughts with you. Thanks for listening. Um, appreciate your prayers. And, uh, and let me know if I can pray for you. Email me at show at graceandpeaceradio.com. If you have an idea for the show or a question or whatever, again, you can email me there, show at graceandpeaceradio.com. And hope you would uh, share this, share this on social media, share it with someone you may want them to hear the gospel. Um, and Yeah, that's pretty much it. So God bless you. Thank you so much. And Lord willing, we'll get together again next week. All right. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of him, our love for him, and our service to him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.